Hey there, welcome back to the part two of the discussion I had with my dear friend Chiamaka. If it's your first time stumbling upon this podcast, go check out last week's episode where we talked about a lot of things centering around, you know, my life story, my marriage, relationships, pregnancy losses, miscarriage, oh, that's pregnancy loss, yeah, infertility, and, you know, daddy issues. So for those that have, you know, caught up on all the episodes from last week, welcome back. And I'm gonna get out of your way so you can go listen to the last two of the questions Shamaka had for me. Thank you so much for um, stopping by here and it means a lot to me that you enjoy this episode or the podcast in general. Well, enjoy the show. Hey there, welcome to the More Civil Podcast. My name is Mo. I created this podcast as a resource for Blacks, Asians, and those who love them to share stories and processes and build community around important issues. On this show, you get to hear amazing stories from people like you who show us how to get more out of life. The stories featured on this platform are by people whose journey I'm inspired by, and most importantly, people who have been courageous and vulnerable to be open about their life stories. And I hope that in turn, you'll find these stories inspiring. <laughs> Let's talk about lighter things now. <laughs> so there are two other topics I want to talk about. Well, let me talk about, this is an interesting one because I have always wanted to ask about it. So first of all, it is about your hair. Oh, yay. <laughs> yeah. So first of all, it looks really lovely. So Thank it you. is, um, is it, it's locked, isn't it? Yes, locked, yeah. And, and it's all your hair, and you, you dye it the very end, right? 100% my hair. Mm-hmm. And yes. you dye it the end. Yes, I dye the end. Tips, yeah, you like Shakara. I you do. Like I try to be like you now. <laughs> you like Shakara. <laughs> yeah, you know how we do it. <laughs> all right, the people are not going to watch your podcast again because of your ways. Let's, you know let's, that. Let's, after, let's. after this episode, they'll be like, um, actually, Mo. I'm not really sure if I want to watch your podcast anymore. Because... Leave me hashtag. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Let's talk about your hair. First of all, it's lovely. So, first of Thank all, you. how did you come to the point of saying you want to lock your hair? Oh, keep it short. My oh, hair. Right goes let, me, let me rephrase it. When was it oh. locked? When did you lock it? 2015. Five years ago. Yeah. And it's really a lot. So, what Thank made you, you lock your hair? I've had this history with my hair. Like, growing up, my hair was... My mom didn't retouch my hair, which was good. But my hair was very stubborn. And every Sunday night was the worst time of my childhood because I had to go to Yala's house to go make my hair. And she had this comb that she would start from here and then she would pat my hair that way. And then for those that are not watching the video, like, in the, like she would start from the, my nose bridge and go all the way down. Exactly that. Oh, my goodness. And then when she wants... <laughs> When she wants to, um, like, when the, when you have to, like, face her, then she'll not pop your head, your head in, in between her laps, and the smell from that region. And then you'll not be resisting, she'll not be hitting your head. And I felt like there was, there was always a part of my head that had to be sub, subdued, like, because there were so many manipulations, and my, my scalp has always been tender. So, like, the rubbers, the, and I didn't like it at all. So I grew up just having that confidence that your hair was not to be seen. So the moment I went to boarding house, like, you know, cut my hair, and then after burning house, I started manipulating my hair, putting on relaxers. If you remember, I wasn't like a kind of weak person. I used to like, you know, um, setting my hair or just using, doing like, like um, 
dreadlocks. And at the twist, yeah, I think it got to a point where I realized that I wanted to go natural. And my mom, when she heard, she almost you know, fell off the chair. Because like, I was the only person that ever wanted to go natural, like go like yeah. the far lifestyle. But then <laughs> I just realized that, you know, there's one time that, because we didn't have a car then, I had to take like three buses to go to make my hair. And I forgot to make my hair on that Sunday. And I, the next day was cool. And I, my hair was just in a bad shape. I had to go to the bathroom with two mirrors. I thought I would take one mirror and then it started retouching my hair. And in that moment, I thought about it like, what the what hell? Like, yeah, like uh-huh. we did it, but I was like, babe, no, do that. Do, like, it was just frustrating for both of us. I said, what the heck? Like, it's just hair. And at that moment, I stopped. I decided that I wasn't going to retouch my hair anymore. And two years later, I decided to go. And I actually reached out to a friend. I said, I wanted to cut my hair. She should recommend a, uh, a barber. She said, no, don't cut your hair. Just how about looking it. And then when you're 40, you can decide to cut it. And yeah, so I, I but then the, the number she sent to me was such a way that it was a barbing salon in front, but if you walked a little bit, it was a locksmith. So I had to do that work of, am I going to stop at the barber shop or go in and lock my hair? So she gave me that choice, which I thought was very symbolic. And so I haven't yeah. gone back. I love my hair now. It's natural. I can, you know, itch it. I can swim with it. And for me, it's, it's freedom. It's, so you do you. I'm not all about it natural. Like, I'm, I'm not that kind of person. Like, people need to find what they want to do. And for me, I felt like there was a spiritual, spirituality to it. Because the time I used to spend a lot of my hair and worrying about it was the time that I cannot do use for something else. I wake up in the morning, I don't have to worry about time. Because that's that was the kind of person that I am. So I pity the girls that would burst because, men they're going to be going more hostile the rest of their lives until they're ready because I'm not into hair. But I love it and, you know, I'm glad I did it. Huh. That's really interesting. And how has, you know, like, obviously in America, they're very big on race obviously everywhere you know but in america i guess because it's a really large country and all the things that black people have been through there um how do people view you when they see your hair because obviously when your hair is locked they think you are one activist they think so many things because the truth is many people who have locked hair right because as you said there's a spirituality attached to it and yeah. they've it's almost like they're reborn when they make that decision it's the same mm-hmm. as when people decide to go on low court or skin yes. court or something yes. something leads to it and most yeah. times it's like a big deal maybe you know what my husband boyfriend left me and i just oh, my, so i lost somebody yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know that sort of thing so how do you think it has or do you think people view you in a different way because of your looks or do are people curious about it i think it's it's a little bit of both not that what people think about me really matters now, I work in a very professional setting. And so if you can imagine that for me, I try to like keep things in a very cautious way because I'm not very, I'm not, I'm not as radical as I look, is what I'm trying to say. Even so during these tips, I remember when I did it, I almost ran back inside the salon, like, please dye it back to the color. But then I'd gotten the job then, so they kind of like kicked me out. But I know hair is a very big thing. But I think that as blacks, we should keep telling people because our hair is our beauty. You know, there's a story behind it, the resilience, the, the coarse nature of it. It speaks to you know, being descendants of the sun, you know, in every sense of that word. I think our hair tells stories. And so I, I try to educate people about my hair and just, you know, what this means to me. And so, yeah, um, it's possible that they look at me in a very different way. I don't have a face tattoo yet. I don't think I'm going to get one. Maybe that will complete the picture. But, yeah, I, 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 this is just me. This is unique to me. And I don't like when people think of you like you're supposed to look a certain way. So, yeah, it's, I don't know if I answered that question, but long story short is... I know you did, you okay, did. Yeah. Um, because, because I know a lot of people, you know, with hair stuff, and I was curious as well. I was like, first of all, like, I like to do my hair. I can make my hair myself, but I can totally feel like if I had to go to salon every time, and it took, yeah. to be honest, it's quite a struggle. 
like you're yeah. going to you're worrying about it how's my hair going exactly. to look exactly exactly it's too much so really it's it's such a good venture and you um the, your hair is thick as well so it just looks so good i was just wondering you know like people always ask questions and all that so it's good to see that that's not the case at all um and maintenance obviously is low maintenance but you still have to relock it don't you so i have to like, relock it once like every once every two months. months i do two months now just because you know my my hair's kind of breaking and so i have to be very but you can do once every three months the beginning stage of which you have to go frequently just to you know maintain that lock and um, people ask questions, they want to touch it, they want to ask, is this your hair? And I'm okay with that. People think it's microaggression, but for me, I don't... Like, hair is, even though it's important, it's not like the the, the, the model of my life. No, no. Like, I don't even think that seriously about it. You think it, it's I'm, more black Americans that feel that way? Because, you know, I watch YouTube a lot, and I feel, obviously, because of the struggles their parents and grandparents have been through, so. so it's also that attachment. So that's why they feel that way about hair i remember when i lived in scotland obviously there are very very few black people especially in the town that we were in and in the whole yeah. hospital i was in i was literally the only black pharmacist ever like if i did one simple sin <laughs> i would be caught instantly <laughs> but yeah, i remember when i go to um starbucks to buy coffee or something well, look at you. I had purple braids. It was usually the older people, but they weren't that. Obviously, I, I don't know if you know, it was Scottish people are so, so amazing. They're just really, really okay. nice. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, they're still lovely. So they would just look at me because one, it's braids. Secondly, it's purple. And me, I, I had so many colors. Today, red. Tomorrow, blonde. I trust you. No. you know, I trust you. And it was just, I'm so proud of it. Like, and, <laughs> and I can totally understand, but it was frustrating because obviously that's when I even said making my hair a little bit more because it's more difficult for me to find or it was a bit more difficult for me to find um, people to do my hair um, there but yeah no that's really interesting to see I've always thought about looking my hair but my hair is not my natural hair is not that full and it's really soft yeah it's soft yeah mm-hmm. I, yeah it's very, yeah. very very soft so I don't really have so think about sister locks think about sister locks that might be helpful I've thought about it but I always think what if I now miss my hair and then I now want to unlock it that I'll be <laughs> eligible <laughs> well you have the grace to make your hair I don't like I have very T-Rex I call it T-Rex hand like like when I start manipulating my 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 hand just start aching me like I just don't like it. It's something to find out what works for them. Yeah. Yeah, it it, it totally works. Okay, last question. Believe it or not. <laughs> so now this one is um I think we've answered something like that. So we, it's about BLM movement, right? So okay. the Black Lives Matter. Yeah. How did you? Obviously, a lot of things have happened in the US um, about race and everything like before. But somehow, and this is the same that happened with me. Once I saw that Judge Floyd's um, video, I don't know something just snapped. I don't know something just like I could just not deal with it anymore. Like even <laughs> I just was so annoyed. But I guess maybe it's res- resonated in a way. Like it's, he has a little daughter. She's there. She now has to watch her dad die. I know maybe it's like you've come to a point where you're just so fed up like a lot of things are happening there's covid there's everything else I and know, now i'm now busy killing someone do you get like that that can really push people over there so how has it been like obviously in america it's been a big deal the whole blm thing um for you how has it been how did you take it uh, were you participant in it not like going out in the streets and carrying placards but how did that um how did you feel about it I mean, the moment you enter this country, you try from not being here, you're always going to have that sense of otherness because people look at you 
And sometimes when you're even in buses, like if you enter, people just go over and they'll just carry their bags. Now it could just be like maintaining social distancing before it became like a legal term, or just them not wanting to be like it. Now I have experienced racism in all kinds of ways, but the problem, my my barometer to sensitivity towards it has been quite low. Like, or maybe it's high in such a way that I don't sense it. I just think people are being rude. So I'm not able to differentiate between people that are being rude or people that are being, you know, um, racist towards me. And whether we want to agree on that, these things are really true, true issues we have to face. And I know a lot of Africans that come here, we try to separate ourselves from blacks, like, oh, no, I'm from Africa. No, if a cop were to pull you over, they're not going to care what, you know, hot your grandfather emanated from. You're still going to be seen as black, which is why I think that we all need to be connected and see how we can basically help each other to, because I always think about it, like, if blacks don't fight for their freedoms, I'm able to enter the country. Think about Absolutely. it. Up until 19, you know, 20s, 19, actually 1950s, 1960s, the U.S. was still segregated. So yeah. I thank God, I thank them for you know doing that. Now slavery is something that I would never have. Exp- my grandfather and my ancestors never experienced, but it's still something we should be invested in. And maybe once we, and I know as Nigerians, once we reach the top, we tend to like rise a lot. You know, in healthcare, in engineering, we're you know top performers. Let's see how we can you know help other people as well. for you know Black Americans. Now. Um, for me, I have experienced it even in the workplace and in being excluded from things. Some I've had, you know, perception of being like an angry black person even before I was given an opportunity to talk. Like you just wanna they have this opinion about you before you even talk, like you're gonna be angry. Maybe it's because of the way I sound, maybe it's because of the way I'm confident when I talk. But I just think I'm you know, like and I'm like, we haven't even had a heated conversation ever. I'm never gonna lose my call at work. So I've had to, like, you know, advocate for myself twice as hard just because I don't want you to... Like, you can say things you want to say at the back of me or I'm, I, don't, I can't control that narrative. But if you're going to come to my face and make me look, number one, incompetent or make me look like I'm just, you know, unprofessional, I'm going to call you out, you know, in a very respectful way and documenting all my interactions. You know, even if it's a phone call, I'll email par- our conversation. Here's what mm-hmm. does. And I, I, I think another thing that's also helping me is my face. You know, I believe that as you know, children of God, we are all one in God. And I know some people, some evil people here, they don't see it that way. If you're darker skin, if your skin is darker than a shade of milk, they tend to think that you're strong, you know, human. And I think having conversations. Now, I haven't said always said the right things to my non-black friends, and they haven't said the right things to me. But I try to remind myself with people who want to like learn, want to learn from each other. So while you know being black, I've also had to get power from white because they have access to so many things. So I can't keep excluding yeah. myself from them. I, I just want to interact with just black people all the way. <laughs> so I think some people are open to conversation. Some people are not. And then you don't have to really agree with them. And as far as the black lives you know, matter, and I know that's a very contentious topic to really talk about because people say, well, all lives matter. Or, you know, that, that, that. Um, I don't know that I go back to what God says, you know, what the word of God says. And is that we're all one in the eyes of God. And if the black lives movement is to really, um, I support in the sense that they're kind of showing the atrocities that have been done to blacks. And I think it's high time we had that conversation. And I know it's not just by protesting or um, carrying black hat. If our hearts don't change, um, you know, Africans, blacks, white, purple, green, whatever shade you follow, if our hearts don't change beyond just what we look like, we're going to keep having the same problems over and over again. So I see that as a skin problem. Now, that said, I know that some people have used the organization as a way to promote a lot of, you know, hatred and a lot of... Um, like making blacks seem like very superior race. I feel like that's also a problem because 
then we're going to make it seem like blacks are superior to whites, which is something whites have been doing all along. So I think it just goes, goes back to let's keep having conversations. Let's keep, you know, fighting for justice. You know, I'm not going to carry placard and, you know, because I'm not just, I'm, I'm maybe I'm a coward when it comes to that sense. But I feel like in talking to my, you know, non-black friends, I'm able to educate them like some of the things we go through, these are real, even though we don't talk about it, these are real issues. Some things you see yeah. sometimes, I feel like they come off as being racist, but here's how you could have said it better. And some will just tell you, so are you going to go back to your country? And I'm like, are you really worried about my family back home or are you just asking if I'm taking your job? And then you realize that, oh, they don't even think about some of the things they say before they open their mouth. And I think it goes back to the whole mystery, you know, people just asking questions. Sometimes it shows the state of their heart, but they don't even know that they're coming off that way. So I believe in dialogue, but I also believe in true repentance. I also have to repent of some of the things I have thought about, about other, you know, non, non-black people, and especially about African-Americans, because I used to have a lot of biases. I still hold some biases that I know God is still trashing just because of the way we grew up and the way we saw them being portrayed in the media. So it still yeah. comes back to that place of prayer and telling God, how can I show love? Because God is love. And I will tell you that it's so difficult for you to love certain people, especially those that have been at the, you know, homes of, committing a lot of villainous, villainous acts in the very world, but we've been called to love and that's what I want to keep doing and that's one of the things I promote on my podcast. Even though you're black white, let's talk, let's have conversations at the end of the day we want to feel like we're connected to something, even whether it's KKK or BLM, they're all communities but then when we start having conversations and genuine repentance, I think it's going to make the world um, a better place. But we can't have one without the other, we need to have both. Yeah, no, no, absolutely. Yeah, I totally agree with Majority of everything you've said. Majority. <laughs> Which was it you agree with? <laughs> but yeah, the, um, it's so true. People, the whole movement, I resonated with it. Obviously, I didn't go protesting or anything like that. But I, I just like you, I felt it was high time I had a conversation. Even here in the UK, that they pretend like if there is no racism, there is. I think it's more shrouded in microaggressions. And so many other things, but it is there and it's visible. And I'm kind of with you on that. You know, when it comes to recognizing racism, I think, you know, when you grow up in Nigeria, right? It's not at the back of your mind. I mean, there's tribalism and all those kind of other ones. But seriously, yeah, yeah, it's not really what you're thinking. You're just normal. And we had most of our adult life in Nigeria. So therefore, when we moved to the UK, it wasn't at the back of our mind looking for racism. You know, you just think when people are mean, they're just bad or rude or evil people. Do you know what I mean? Like, you might not deeply think of it as racism, which is the same with me as well. I feel that way sometimes. And then um, with black Americans, because they grew up in America and they are used to it and they've been, you know, they've been educated about it. And they, they don't, they probably would not always think someone is being rude or bad. They would just automatically, maybe not automatically, but they would be yeah. able to... Um, exactly and of course like in all races there are very bad people out there and there are yeah. people that are very good like i have very good friends you know from all races yeah. and they are amazing like you know so i think the percentage of people who are bad i mean this they exist we can't ignore that but as you said it's just walking in love with everyone that's the most important thing it is yeah. hard to do sometimes but it is the most important thing i know our brain has a negative bias in that we tend to remember the negative stuff. That said, I think a lot of Africans, we feel like, oh, racism doesn't happen. The fact that you're not sensitive to us doesn't, doesn't mean it's happening. So I've learned not to dismiss the experiences of others just Absolutely. because I'm not experiencing it. That I'm not yeah. sensing doesn't, it doesn't mean it's not happening around me. It so is being, happening. Being, exactly. Being kind, being, you know, being showing up and supporting and speaking out, mm-hmm. you know, for other people and using your own place of power. Because even now as an immigrant who has been educated, 
and I'm, you know, in a certain income gap that is seems to be successful, how can I not shut the door out for those that are coming behind me? How can I, you know, when I get to that place of power, what kind of policy am I passing that can even help those that are around me? Those are some of the ways we can, you know, show up for our community. Because I owe a lot of things to the black community. Because without them fighting for freedom and fighting for a place on the table, I will not be here. Do you know that podcast is going mainstream? And that there are many people all over the world listening to podcasts daily? For example, in the US alone, one in every three persons listen to at least one podcast every month. Well, that's a lot of people. Do you also know that podcast listeners tend to be more loyal, affluent, and educated? Speaking of these virtuous qualities, did you also know that on a monthly basis, thousands of people all over the world listen to the Mossible podcast? Hmm. Well, do you have a business, service, event, or product you would love loyal, affluent, and educated listeners to hear about? Then look no further. To promote your services on the podcast, send an email to talktomo at mossible.com today. Or you can visit our website at www.mossible.com. That is www.mosibyl.com. It is so true. We we definitely have to recognize the hard work that they've done and obviously understanding the struggles they've had. And yeah, when I said, you know, how sensitive they are, I, I can understand why they would feel that way because yeah. they are already, um, like I said, they're attuned to it. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, that is the end of my questions. I hope you enjoyed them. I hope they were they met your expectations. That's <laughs> so, so, so past. I don't think I've ever talked about everything you asked. Like, number one, those were very insightful questions. I love Thank how you. how thorough you were about them and just how thoughtful you were about them. Even the ones that it seemed very sad, I could tell that, you know, you're being mindful. And I thank you for that. And you didn't even have to even go through all the explanation as to why. Because I know your heart. Because, you know, your friend. And so thank you. And thanks for, you know, supporting the show. Thanks for listening as often as you made. And before you go, I want to give something back to you. So I remember when I was in college. Let me, I think I've told you this before. But let me say it out again so that you can hear it. And then listeners can. You were roommates for, uh, you know, I, 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 I can't remember, two, three years. But there was something, you, there are two things you taught me, yeah. Tabaka, was how to smile. <laughs> no, like, really, like, how you to ta- smile? smile. Yes, you taught me how to smile. Like, before, I don't know if you noticed that before then, yeah. I was just, I, I was always having a serious look on my face. But for you, smiling comes, who looked at you, your resting position. And I'm not saying, I know that flattering right now, I'm going to be in trouble for it. But let me just be real here. Like, you taught me how to smile. Like, just smiling when you talk and learn that from you. And number two, this is going to be a little bit, you know, um, of a downer. But it's also the thing was, I envy the relationship you had with your dad. And I saw that, that like, you were one of the people that told me that it was possible to have, like, what a healthy relationship between a dad and a mom and a, and a daughter. And I remember the times we used to go to Lagos Country Club to swim, and the few times we bump into your dad, and there was time we bought us a song, and then we sat down and we talked. And the way you talked about your dad, like he was more than just a dad; he was a friend. He was your gossip partner. He was, you know, that. And I and I used to look at that. Like when I say envy, knowing you know, I wish I had. Oh, of that. course not. Because like looking at both of you, and I was like, wow, this is this is this this is this is possible because all around me before then. It was so much dysfunctionality as far as the dynamic between a dad, dad and daughter. So I want to say, because it wasn't just you telling us about your dad. You had us, I mean, I felt like I was a part of your family, you know, because yeah. you, you know, your dad, when he came around, would, you know, he would chat with us. And then when we bumped into him in the club, you know, we would talk to him. Like, you, even when, I think I've been to your house like once or so. 
yeah. and I met him and you know so when you lost your dad like I was you know I I was so sad for you like I cried a lot for you because I know that that's a very critical part of your life and because I've seen just who your dad I know he's still there with you because you know you're still very much living here you know <laughs> that data and, and so I just want to thank you for um I think as your friend and I'm sure our other roommates can talk about that as well is how just you made your dad very accessible especially for someone like me that had daddy issues you modeled what that should be like for me and I thank you for that Oh, that is so sweet. I'm sure when he's listening, he'll be like, hey, sit on you. <laughs> but yeah, no, thank you so much. Um, and I know that someday, I actually think maybe sometime this year, or maybe next year, I will um, explore a different part of my relationship with my dad um, or my relationship with him after he has passed. Not actually ghosts or anything, but how, you know, I have faced my grief and how... I have handled it and how I'm still handling it because you know this year is 12 years and people wow, just think really it sounds like such a long time isn't it I remember exactly where I was when I got the call I yeah. was on I was coming back from Silver Bird Cinemas and it was I think around 10 at night and I and I'm so sorry I thought you were joking <laughs> I thought you were joking and I know you went back and said I didn't know so much of a prankster I thought you were joking but I, I knew at the back of my mind I had to be a joke Maybe it was just me holding on to the fact that this cannot happen. That can be true. Twelve yeah, years, but... my goodness. Uh, it's been uh, the memories years. of the of the departed are also blessed because it, it just is. seems like five years ago. Exactly, and you what know, like legacy. if someone told me that I would ever be able to talk about my dad without bursting into tears, I'll be like, "Who is this person?" But it is true, and I think sometime maybe on your show, maybe on my own YouTube, um, we'll probably talk about grief, um maybe even to invite other people i wonder if we can have a three way show people yeah dealt with grief especially with parents you know i have friends who've lost both parents and you know it's it's horrific i can't even begin to imagine you know it's a very difficult thing to lose a parent so yeah it would definitely be something i'll talk about because we grief right it's i think people don't understand it and to understand it is to have it. And to have it, you don't want to have it. So yeah. <laughs> it's better. Yeah, exactly. To, yeah. You know, it, it's, it's a terrible place to be in. Um, but as you said, there always comes a blessing that comes with it. It makes you understand yourself um, a whole more. It's so funny, but I, was, I think I was talking with my sister. Um, oh. And I was telling her that when my dad died, actually for that whole year, because a lot of changes happened in me, both physically. Like someone, my other friend was telling me that, oh, you know, when your dad died, you really changed. I was like, really? Of course I knew I changed, but I didn't notice. I didn't know that people could that? tell. And mm. if you're saying that it was if, like an instant change. And it's true. I felt that way, but I didn't think people would notice saw that. it. And yeah. yeah. And I dealt with my grief in a very <laughs> different way because I didn't know any better. Um, then, I mean, it was so new. Nobody wants to know any better anyway when it comes to exactly. grief. But that yeah. year... That year, I think the first year was, oh, it was such a tough time. And because I think it just happened before graduation and, um, yeah, it was before graduation. I still remember yeah. graduation. We did that yeah. together. We did it. Yeah. What did you do? that place again? Oh, um, Princess Lodge. Was it where? Uh-huh. We, yeah. we must have been really hiring that whole place. I'm telling you. Remember when, like, five of us, we just put our money together. <laughs> oh. Well, yeah, we actually had our whole place. Uh, but yeah, I remember that day. I was so sad because I remember my dad saying, 
Uh, he used to, he would tell us that, ah, that at my graduation, first of all, he'll go for Ada's graduation. She's being called to bar. Yeah. My brother was going to graduate with business administration. And then me, I'm going to graduate oh, as a pharmacist. That he'll do this, he'll do that, you know, like, and he always said it to like hype us and everything. And, you know, we'd look for it to, to it. And so that's why when it happened and he wasn't there, you know, it was filled with so much. It was a lot of mixed emotions because even I was happy. To be honest, like at that time, it just felt pointless to me, like having that <laughs> degree yeah. of mine. Yeah. It was yeah. very pointless because it came with so many um, tough memories to end with. But anyway, yeah. we'll explore this in another show. Whenever you're ready, because I, I want to learn. I also, I think a lot of yeah. my audience will I learn think, from I that. I think it's very important to talk about it because people don't talk about it. I mean, like, oh. it's... One of, funny you know not I would say it's actually one of the people who helped me talk about it believe it or not is my husband really <laughs> I, and he's as far as I know I, he's not really suffered any grief but I used to be someone that hold, hold, holds holds we know. holds we know we know we know we know we know <laughs> Yeah. I can't even know that. I can't even know you, that. You, I was your roommate for the last study. I mean, you're writing your, you know, your journal. Do you still keep the journals? I have a lot of journals. I know, I know, I know. I know. You know that I write. I'm a writer. Like I, that's the way I express. You know, some people express their emotions by talking. Yeah. Like yeah, I'm yeah. not much of a talk, especially when it comes to raw things. Like, yeah, right? yeah. You write them down. I'm a writer. I write yeah. a lot, like on my phone, on my journals, and even the writing is painful for me to yeah. do. Right. So I, I actually kept a whole journal when my dad died and I can't even read it. Like I can't bring it out. Like when I look at even the first few pages, I'm just like, hey, and I just close it back. <laughs> I'm such a coward. It's going to be read again. It was for the therapy that moment. <laughs> it's just too raw. It's so painful. Yeah. But um, yeah, I remember my husband then, he would just say he knew so much about my dad because you know me, I talk so much about him. And he would say, um, he would just say, ah, you don't you talk about it and everything but i've never seen you crying and i'm not a crier in front of we know. people either i don't know <laughs> so <laughs> i just say you about you yeah i said i can i can show a lot of emotions but i don't and i will not show you know that and it's not for a pride or anything but it just, it's just doesn't a, yeah mm-hmm. yeah it doesn't come out that you don't way, cry you know? it doesn't cry in front of people like that exactly i do cry a lot but um i think i said crying a whole lot more when my dad died but prior to that i, I just wasn't really a crier like that i was more of a i don't know how i expressed my emotions but i wasn't i wasn't a crier but anyway with my husband he would just you know hold my hand and say why don't you um cry or you know express your emotions like, i feel like you're uptight oh. Who is this? Like, how dare you? What do you wonder about my life? <laughs> Initially, that's what I thought. I was like, how do you know this? But you know, like, and I remember one time, you know, then I started talking because I was, you know, there are two ways of talking about someone. You're talking about the love you have and the memories you have of the person. And then you're talking about the pain Lost, or the yeah. things yeah. that led to the death and then how you feel about the death. So those are two things. So even though I talk about my dad a lot, I talk about the loving the good memories. Um, yeah. Exactly, and and that keeps me alive. You know, it's a good part. But when you talk, and it's about, important to talk about that because that's one of the things. Yeah, really it is. And then when you talk about um, the loss, the, the grief, the pain, that, exactly the grief, the loss, and the changes that you've had in your life and your family, and then that's when the emotions come out. And I remember I was just 
weeping. And then my husband, he's such a, <laughs> he's so amazing. He does not say unnecessary words. I'm not, I don't like people talking too much. You that guy. <laughs> you don't deserve that. <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. Just, You're both deserving of each other. <laughs> honestly, and he just held my hand and I cry. I've cried so much. And I think that's, you know, in a relationship, you move on and you yes. move that's one of the things that makes you fall in love with someone and you're when you know you're vulnerable with the person and you know that there's nothing that you no, can't protect that yeah that you can't talk to them about yeah. it's not an area that is out of bounds it's not like we've gone in there so even though i didn't go for therapy for it right so I'm sure that was your therapy right there that's talk therapy right there you don't have to exactly. go in so front I, of an I, office and lie down on the couch that yeah, was therapy right there by the way i had that with my husband and we just explored it and you know it, it was just so good like you know, to know that someone understood, because again, not everyone understands grief or understands relationship with fathers, right? Yes. Because at the time, my dad, I mean, now most people have amazing relationships with, you know, their children, but back then, you know, like in my daddy's time, it was um, a different, it was a rare, it was a rare gem. Like your dad wasn't it, just dad. Like I can't, I've yeah. never quite seen that relationship replicated in my other friends. Like I always talk about your dad a lot. When I talk about fathers, like he was a rare, oh, yeah. he was a rare breed for that time. And the things he went through, the things he exactly. went through, the 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 hours of the war that he came, like he shouldn't even be available emotionally. But your dad, your dad went <laughs> above and beyond. He did, and you know what? He actually had such a good relationship with his own dad, and oh. I think that sends it all, isn't it? Because yeah, he was such a Look daddy's boy. Look and at dad that. Died really young. He died, oh. His dad died really, really young. But and he still remembered everything. Wow. Exactly. And when my dad talked about my grandfather, and I was just like, wow. I felt like I knew him. You know, he always talked about, but you know, he even had limited memories of him, right? And so it's yeah. We'll talk about it in another show, but yeah, I have to say that now the place I am in my life now is, is such a better place when it comes to you know my relation or how I deal with my dad's grief. I would love it's, to read a book about your dad. Like if you can put a yes. book together, I would I love am to read a book about it. It's something in the plan, so I've yeah. collected all his articles together. The one, yes. And your dad was a good writer too. He was, and I think I yes. got that from. Yes, I was going to say. Photography and writing, although wait, wait, you think you're a good photographer? So anyway, just slip that in. I just talked about your writing skills. I'm talking about your photography skills. Babe, babe. <laughs> I am the. <laughs> you say that? <laughs> I am a good photographer. People would pay me, but I just don't collect. I like your you angles. I like your picture angles. Like they're really good. You, you you take great videos of lighting. You're so vain. Okay, it's okay. I've said it. I'm done. That's that. My dad actually wrote his auto autobiography or his own biography, and that's wow. what we used for the eulogy. Yeah, mm-hmm. so it wouldn't be difficult, right? And it's so good to see that because then all I know, all I need is just putting his articles and then memories together. But yeah, it's something yeah. we would hope. Maybe even get an anecdote from those who knew him and people's life he's impacted, and so you yeah. guys can have like collection of short stories. It would be, yeah. Yeah, I can't wait to talk Absolutely. about whenever you're ready. Because when I think of losing a parent, this is you here. Like, you're in the middle. Mm-hmm. And then there's a past and a present, you know, mm-hmm. with your parents. And there's a future and a present with your kids. And the kids yeah. can still be replicated. Like, you can have as many kids, but you can never have more than a parent. Okay. And so so let's make it a date. You just let me know what you what you need from me. And I'm all yours. Check my kind Oh, before you go, we're in school together. We're in college together. And we had crazy romance. Remember our dorm, um, room four, um, block four, room four was three, I think it was. We're crazy yeah. girls. Oh, my gosh. Oh, 
those times i don't remember a lot of memories but i i remember feeling good about the kind of roommate i had because it was such that if a, a friend walked in and i wasn't home i wasn't around you guys would just you know keep them company like we were very close and um, what are some yeah. memories you have then that you can go back to and maybe just like a shout out to our former roommates and of oh, course yeah. our OPH room so, yeah. which 403 right let me just remember because I can't remember everything I know it, it was you me Fumi Adesua Adora oh yeah Adora initially yeah and Adora was pregnant then wasn't she she was pregnant yeah she was always pregnant and she was sleeping <laughs> up she was sleeping she up was yeah sleeping she up. was hardly there though so, you know she's she she down yes yes I remember that that's when Ty used to come in I remember when we finished our in course I'll just go and play some acapella songs oh <laughs> yes you know, every time I listen to a couple, I think about you. Anytime you want to learn about you, watch them. Like, mm-hmm. I am so, to me, they're just embracing. Your impish ways, where you just be dancing. <laughs> and I just had <laughs> all the albums. That's one of my memories. And anytime I played, I always remember. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. it was really good. I, I really loved being there. I still yeah. remember, you know, although it wasn't in our room, but, you know, the bathroom and all those big, big, huge rats. He rats. <laughs> Just to knock on the door, pop, pop, pop. just to not for the them. people, but because they're like, just so like, just, doctor, can you cut <gasps> off that leg? <laughs> and their tails were so long, like this, you know, and even the cats and the rats, like were a so Harry Potter went, yes, it, and we had just, names for oh them. You remember, God. we had names for them. I just saw Fumi, yes, they gave them names. I think it was Fumi in particular that gave them names. Possibly. Uh, me. Remember that jacket she would wear whenever she was in trouble? <laughs> she had this jacket that she would wear. Those were good times. Like, you know, we thought life was difficult then, but I look back and it's some of the friendships were still propagated because I still talk to Fumi and I still Oh, know, yeah. yeah. I think she... we still kept all our relationships. Yes, as yes. Much. And then when we moved to OPH, you know the... No, we moved to Block 5 first. Where is Block 5? Where was Block 5? Ah, Block 5 now. It was me, you, Oh, was that Block 5? I was OPH. Oh, yes, I remember. Oh, that's, block 5 that's, and then OPH was just two people. It was me and you. And then oh, yeah, yeah. OPH was just me and you. Yeah, and then, and then moved to Block 4 and then yes. moved to Block 5. Oh, yes, I remember. Yes, that. yes, and yes. Then, now we moved that extension and that was the final yes, one. I yes, 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 yes. Block 5 was yeah, also... Jumaka was there, Jumaka was there, Adeswa, me. Who was your room? Who was your bunkmate? So it was me and Wura, Jumaka and Adeswa. No, I just wasn't yours. I thought it was I just wanted to. It was Fumi, Fumi and Jumake. No, Fumi and Jumake. Yes, that's Fumi and Fumi and Jumake. Yes, and it was, it was you know, like this. And the, yeah. Yes, yes. So, I was at the corner here with the window with you know yeah. on top. Then it was Jumake and Fumi and then you and I just saw. And yes. it was that was also a good time and I liked that and memories. Memories. And then CFG. We forgot about CFG. That one year we served on the ESCO and then we weren't scared for a whole year. God, that was the hardest part. I was telling someone that um, CFG really, right? yeah, <laughs> CFG really shaped my life because of so many things in terms of like my prayer life, prayer life my yeah. relationship with God. Because you no know, one people here and you do like they just say, ah, yeah, bad girl, it's a lie. Like, when <laughs> I actually gave my life to Christ when I was in Unilag, and obviously mine was different because obviously coming from a Catholic, yeah, Catholic background. Yeah, Catholic, yeah. You know, like, it was just a different one. That's a different story. But anyway, mm. I gave my life to Christ when I was in um, uni, like actually diploma time. Yeah. And then by the time I moved to Lutz, I was still in that process of um, exploring my relationship with God. And I remember those moments. And that's when I started going to CFG. And it's really, you know, it formed the foundation right, of true. my faith. Yeah. And, you know, thinking about it, it's like, I think one of my testimonies about my school or something like that I shared later on, I remember in maybe year three or year four god gave me a verse um a chapter in the bible 
which I was just thinking, which can chapter will be this? But really, it's Isaiah 43. Uh-huh. And I'm telling you that I always read it and I had uh... that since university. And a lot of those things, you know, sometimes it's scary when you read it and just like, I don't want to go through anything <laughs> at all. I don't want it. <laughs> Who wants it? I don't want it. But I can let you know that, you know, my relationship with God through, you know, growing in CFG, joining the ex school and having that prayer um, life. Yeah. What's the word? The prayer culture. Because then yeah. I, was, I was telling him that I remember one year, the ex school year, every day I was in a church activity Monday was Tuesday. writers meeting. Yeah. Tuesday, either Bible study or prayer, or prayer meeting. Wednesday. Field. Yes. Wednesday was, um, what's that one? The pharmacy one. And I was the yeah. secretary. Yeah. Yeah. Pharmacy fellowship. NFCS. 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 NFCS or something like that. Yeah. And I was everywhere. Thursday was fellowship. Big one. Fellowship. Friday was GM. Friday was drama meeting, which I was yeah. the JOS for. Saturday was Saturday Exco was, meeting, and Sunday, yeah. if I didn't come, it was church. Yeah. And you know what? It wasn't even special. I loved it. Like I was always going to church. I was focused on my education. Like I was still doing extremely well Priority, in school, so, and yeah. it taught me how to manage my life and how to deep relationship and my prayer life. You know, just going to even my sister teaches me about SON field. I got it, and so many things happened in that field. And you know, when I moved to the UK, right, it really helped me because obviously it's different and i think when you move to a different country and you face different things and you see the faithfulness of god yeah because you've done a lot of work beforehand like the the quiet places like then you you have to show for what you have because in those days of trouble it's not what you have right there that is going to help you it's what you've built inside of of yourself absolutely and even just even as i'm navigating through life and i think back about god's faithfulness in my life both in the good and in the bad and how I have come through so many things. It's just, honestly, it's because even me, this is not a prayer session, but me even standing here or sitting here and talking to you is really the absolute grace of God. And even me, sometimes I'm standing outside of myself and I'm in awe of how amazing God is. Like, yeah. I actually can't just believe it, but really like, and I, you know, when you look at God as your father, right and i know it might be hard sometimes when someone's telling me if you don't have a good relationship with your father like it might it's be hard, hard to see yeah. as a father mm-hmm. because you don't have that earthly you know background yeah. or mm-hmm. but yeah. god is bigger than yeah. that and He's yeah even if you don't have that even if you don't have that he would draw you in yeah. and you know the way god has dealt with me in good in bad and just everything about my life honestly it's such you know sometimes you can't just you don't want to share so many things because people will be like mm. You know, <laughs> and then you think about it that you now realize because then I, I sometimes I don't share my testimonies and I feel like why like what am I afraid of like I'm afraid that people would say it's the only you you know or something like well that's wrong because sometimes that's the devil because the few times I remember when I shared about um one of my exams my pharmacy exam on Facebook oh I yeah just the it. exam I they did the conversion one exactly yeah. yeah, I didn't even imagine. I just shared it because, you know, it was really heavy on my heart to share that it would help someone. But yeah. honestly, Tyler, till today, people are still messaging me and saying, you know, that really encouragement. I'm not wow, like, you know, so that. This is why we it. set our stories free because we overcame the devil by the blood of the lamb and the words of our testimony. It's true. You have to be obedient, you know, in things like this, especially when it's so heavy in your heart to say, you know, 
talk about it, share it. It might be painful, it might be good, it might be bad, but just do it. And exactly. Yeah, so God is really, really faithful. And whenever I think about the fact that, what if I wasn't a Christian? I, How will you cope with his life? Been, I have been on that road. And actually, the year my dad died, I, mean, I was busy keeping malice with God. So I know when people say, yeah, I don't want people to say you're existing because that's what I was doing. I was just existing. And guess what? Everything was going on so well in my life. You know, because sometimes you think, well, you're not praying to God and everything. I think it's going to take it away. Like, God is very vindictive. I'm going to show you, Pepe. In fact, if anything, my life was so much, (laughs) it was better. You know, when I think about that time, I'm like, oh my God, God is just his love. his love thank god he doesn't deal with us the way we need to be dealt with because man and i could see all the steps he you know god did to bring me back and i'm just like oh it's not like i was doing anything crazy i was just not and i you know i had gone from seven day going to church to zero nothing and for a whole year and nobody knew nobody did anything i was you know i you know me closed book (laughs) could be open when i want or dead generally closed (laughs) so it was just that and you know but god honestly is so 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 faithful and i'm always so grateful like honestly i i always pray for everyone to just know god in their own way way yeah because that's the only way you can just navigate this life honestly exactly. i just oh, life is can be hard it can be but i think god no, jesus and, and god make they make there's only so much church can do for you you have to put in the work but i oh, I, I agree with you like the structure we got from clg Exactly. The prayers, the, the the friendships as well, the people that we knew from there. And that's one of the top people that I know today. I mean, I married one of them. And you can you can tell the genuineness. Even though we're still young, even though we're still young and you know, didn't know much then, but you could tell that that earnestness they had for God. And so shout out to our CLG peeps and our Unilag, Medilag, <laughs> Diploma Connections. You know, and pharmacy. Oh, girl, there's so much to talk about. But this was good. This was really good. Thank you so much. I don't know if you had. Any, I'm sure you don't have any questions anymore. Really but... nice. Thank you for having me. <laughs> me, I want to go and eat. What will I eat? I have to make a crust today. Hey, Chuck, why do you have to flip your hair when you were saying that? God, I'm hot. What in my heart? You mean you know, elemental or? The... <laughs> It's elevator. It's very hot here. Oh my god! Oh it's my not, you're not, you're good side. I know. I know. It's it came out the wrong way. It came out the wrong way, but I'm not sorry. Wait. All right, guys. This was the show. Thank you so much, Chawaka. This is always fun with you. I feel like we just had a conversation, and people are gonna eavesdrop and be like, "Who are these crazy people?" But I want to thank you so much for um. Yeah, you know, we don't. You. We, I'm one of those friends I don't talk to all the time. And you don't like no. give me, we don't like give each other like flag for, hey, you didn't call me or so, so, so. Mm-mm. There was time we were only doing like yearly talks, like on your birthday, I think we'll just yeah. do a phone call. And, but I, I like that you, um, I like your heart and I like that you're very genuine. And I really thank you, thank God for you. And I'm, I'm also in awe of just you and your husband. <laughs> so my warmest regards to your husband, for him to put up with you, like that's like an achievement right there. That guy deserves all of the prizes. <laughs> Nobel prizes they should canonize him as a saint and you know build him a, like a statue somewhere in rome because girl that guy is a, one of the men of he's like, he's like the man of men like man of men 
because girl, it takes a lot to handle. And I know that as your friend. Yeah, and you can say the same about Taiwo. So go ahead and you know push that button. Anyway, now so yeah, thank you so much for being on the show. Obviously, as one of my good friends as well, I think <laughs> we've, we've we've navigated different aspects of our friendships, <laughs> but it's always been a good one. You know, I really admire your drive, your tenacity, and how hardworking you are. And I think that's so good. And I think over in the past couple of years, especially when you were sharing a bit more, I've just thought, you know what, you're a very brave person. I'm sure you know that. I admire how hardworking you are. Thank you. I love that you married a good man because that's just so important. And I really like your podcast. I don't really listen to many podcasts, but I do like it. I know, I know yeah, you don't like listening. Topic. So it means a lot to me to hear you, to know that you're one I of listen. my listeners. <laughs> <laughs> like you say videos to like audio is what I'm trying to like, say. Yeah. Yes, I'm a video person, um, but yeah, no, absolutely. Um, thank you so much for having me, and thank you for being a good friend in <laughs> many ways. Thank and you. hopefully, when this whole corona thing dies down, hopefully I'll be able to come to the states. You should totally day. come. You guys are welcome here. There's room here, and I bet none of your friends yeah. travel to the US to come to Oklahoma, so that could be your claim to fame. Chum, no beans. <laughs> Don't put beans. Don't I don't do this. I'm married to a twin, <laughs> so you know that's not that's not gonna be a question right there. But we'll make beans for you. We'll make yeah, beans yeah, cake for you. Oh yes, then you're about yes, you're about why baby like it's a big deal. I didn't know that. Well, you make oh yeah, there's always there has to be beans in my fridge because my husband loves beans. My no, it's a it's a real thing in Yoruba culture, like for real, for real. Oh yes, like it do. In fact, there's something called a baby beans of um the twins. You should oh yeah, it's 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 a it's a cryptic thing. Like I'm like, what's up with you people and beans? I didn't know that. But yeah, oh, yeah, he's not yeah. Twig, but he loves beans. Maybe it's a Yoruba thing. Yeah. You don't like beans, I, mean, I know. No, no, he does. He does. I know like, you you don't like beans. I've started liking beans because of him and he cooks it so well. So I eat him with Oh, beans. so you make like, him I you make him cook it. it. What a wife. <laughs> but no no, because he likes he cooks it so well, so I just mm-hmm. leave that. But yeah, as I'm going downstairs I have a lot of cooking to do and I'm so hungry. Oh yeah, go and cook. All right, all right guys. Thank you so much for tuning in today and catch you guys. Let us know how we did. I know this is a little bit different from the format of the show, but yeah. Samaka is my friend and I feel so confident bringing her on video, even though I hear video. But you know, we had so much fun. We hope you enjoyed this. If you liked, you know, some of the things you like, let us know in the comment section like what we can talk about next time. Because you know the idea is just yeah. to connect with people and you know make you guys not feel lonely in your own journey. Love you guys and stay safe. Peace out. <laughs> like a G. <laughs> That's another joke. Why? <laughs>This has been another episode of the Morsible Podcast. What do you think about today's episode? Do you have a question or feedback you'd love to provide? A suggestion for a future guest? We always love to get your feedback, so please do drop us a line via Instagram at Morsible or email us at talktomo at morsible.com. Your suggestion might just end up being featured on a future episode of the podcast. We cannot wait to hear back from you. Do visit our official website at www.mosibo.com. That is www.mosibyl.com, where you can find our entire back catalog of episodes and amazing guests. Also, if you haven't already, please hop on over to Apple Podcasts and subscribe. Leave us a rating or review, as this helps us tremendously in growing this podcast and reaching more amazing listeners like you. We always appreciate your support. Thank you 
for always listening. Thank you.